Yeah. But I actually have Michael on the phone. I'm gonna <laughs> on, I'm gonna put him on speaker for you. Um, hold on one sec. And we can actually, if you want to, uh, ask him the same question, and uh, we'll get an answer for him. Michael, can you hear us? What's up, Real Critics? It's Jose here, as always, and you're listening to Everyone's a Real Critic, the podcast where John Wolf and I take a look at movies that have divided critics and audiences. We look at movies that have a 20% difference between the critic and audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes. We'll give you the Real Critics thoughts on the movies, we'll break down some of the critic and audience reviews, and we'll wrap it all up with our real ranking. But remember, at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because everyone's a real critic. So, let's get into it. John, my friend, my brother, my homie, my co-host. How you doing today, buddy? I'm doing great, man. It's spooky season, my guy. Ooh. So you know we're keeping it creepy here at EARC. Maybe not creepy. Eh, keeping it creepy. Not the, yeah. Uh, keeping it creepy. I, I like creepy? that. Yeah, maybe scary. Scary. I can't good. help it. Keep it spooky. Just a creep. <laughs> You know, um, if you're looking for more spooky content out there, make sure to go back and listen to our previous episodes, Hocus Pocus, Scream, any of our Twilight episodes. Those aren't necessarily scary movies, but man, that was a different time for us. So they they were a bit scary. Anyway, they were a little spooky for me. I mean, were they? You know, I mean, yeah. there was Did that you... one time that Bella remember where she's having the spoiler alert she has a child and then her back snaps in half her back that was cracks crazy. and all of the yeah all the vampires with super speed can't catch her in time yeah what a time crazy. to be alive. we need it and we it's pretty spooky reboot. how often they mention uh virgins in hocus pocus well they're the truest blood of them all right is that what they need <laughs> they need virgin blood sure. to Eat them. I don't know. They just Man, need a we're virgin to light a candle or something. Yeah, we're getting creepy. See what I mean? We keep it creepy here on the EARC we're keeping podcast. Keeping it creepy. But speaking of amazing <laughs> franchises, um, uh, like Twilight, like Hocus Pocus, like Scream, we're keeping it in the Halloween family today, and it's it's pretty fortuitous given that this week we're talking about a super spooky franchise. And uh, that kind of created a mold for slasher movies to come. Did you know that we actually, you know, this is coming out on Monday, but we will actually have a podcast that's coming out on the day of Halloween. And today, on Halloween, damn, we should have waited to do this one. We should have waited, but there's good news. There's a lot of these movies, and they're all pretty bad. So and. Something tells me that this movie is going to be available on VOD, and it will likely... I mean, the sequel to the movie that we're talking today is going to be available on VOD, and it will likely also meet our requirements, so... It's pretty close so far. So, hey, if you're listening right now, grab your leather mask. Grab... 
<laughs> Grab your leather mask because today we're taking a stab at the movie Halloween Kills from 2021, which got a critic score of 39% and an audience score of 66%. So we're definitely going to be talking John, about I forgot Halloween. to tell you, I left my leather gip mask at your mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so I didn't bring mine today. Good, I'm sorry. No, it's all good. I actually left mine at Big John and Little John's house. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's right. We're talking Halloween. We're probably going to talk about a lot of the Halloween movies because there's a lot that happens in Halloween Kills from 2021. So before we get into the movie, let's slowly walk. And take some time to stare out of our sister's window and reflect on what's really good and really bad in our favorite segment, What You're Watching. never get sick of these neon nightclub tunes how could you i know he's so good we don't deserve if you want more neon nightclub you know where to go follow at neon nightclub (laughs) wherever you get your social uh content from you can also stream download if you're lucky enough you can even buy any of their music and albums wherever you get your music spotify apple music and merch merch. yeah we have a couple neon nightclub t-shirts ourselves we do. We do. I actually am wearing my Neon Nightclub underwear, which is nice. Oh, I didn't realize you had mm-hmm. one of those. Yeah, and have you heard you've heard of this like chess scandal where the player it's uh, you know, this guy came out of nowhere and he's he's playing as if a computer would against one of the grandmasters that has been doing this for a long time. The Michael Jordan of chess is what people are calling him and who's uh, really this, i have not heard of this because my algorithm that's what people are calling fun. <laughs> well no people people are saying this and this guy who's going that's what people are calling him just, people are saying this ask yeah, anybody all of the people <laughs> ask anyone look it up um and this guy he's he there are theories about how he's become so good at chess and able to see the moves coming and and play almost perfect games against this michael jordan of chess the michael jordan of chess guy quit because he's he thinks this guy's cheating he can't do it anymore and it's been one of the theories out there is this guy who is playing really well this is a really long story for a neon nightclub plug that nick may or may not be happy about but i'm gonna keep going there are theories about this guy who is cheating that he's using bluetooth anal beads um that someone is controlling via with a remote and vibration so that they're kind of morse coding to each other through the the anal through his butt so that's how the the player is is making these moves and i've I've just heard that it's a it's a neon nightclub um branded anal beats so Shout out Neon Oh, for what a roundabout way. Winners of chess. <laughs> Shout out. 
Yeah, so if you're trying to what take the What a long-winded way it. to just say Neon Nightclub branded anal Get your beads. Neon Nightclub anal beads, yep. Also, no, I did not hear about that at all. That's crazy. So are they going to like implement cavity searches at uh, future chess events or just, you know, to prevent know, anal bead Morse code? All I've heard is the Queen's Gambit season two is going to be pretty wild. Yeah, it sounds wild. I'm into it. Season one was pretty good, but I didn't realize that that's what I was thirsting for. You know what they say? The audience doesn't know what they want until you give it to them. And I guess I didn't know that I wanted uh, Bluetooth anal bead Morse code. You know, that's a a pretty problematic phrase. But yeah, I never thought that I would say those words in succession in my life. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, every chat in the world thinks the audience doesn't know what they want until I give it to them. You know what I mean? So, yeah. The... Speaking of not knowing what the audience wants, we have we, we're talking about a new MCU. Let's give it show to them, baby. This, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm sure they didn't know that they wanted us to talk about that, but yeah. but Open the MCU is a, is a good it's a good segue into the MCU's newest Halloween uh, special called Werewolf by Night. Uh, did you watch this, John? I did. I did watch it. I watched it Monday night. I I really enjoyed it. It was fun. I, I enjoyed thought, it too. Uh, it was a different take on, on what we're used to, the sort of black and white, I guess, for those that watched the first episode of WandaVision. You know, you've seen something in black and white that Marvel's done with some red um, highlights or yeah, like red accents. So. Yeah. yeah, so nothing too crazy, but it was fun. It was a cool story, a little bit of a... So did you like that, though, John? Like, the way that they took the cinematography in it? You know, they went... Like, they even had the... Like, in post, they added, like, film, like, splatters, you know? Like, the imperfections were all added afterwards. I was just like, why didn't you just film it with a film camera? Probably I CG like... and who knows. But... Yeah, yeah. I liked it, and... I noticed the film, those little dots that would come up. At first, I thought the dots were going around because it seemed that the timing of the dots also was related to who was going to die next. So there would be a little film dot oh, that really? would pop up right next to the first person that died. And then there was two back-to-back, which I hadn't... They It was on back-to-back frames of two of the people that died next. So I thought it was it was pretty interesting. Huh. Um, wow, you look at things <laughs> like, oh, maybe they're trying to tell us something with the... I thought they were just random. I was just like, and oh, they they're trying been. to add this for a totally fact been. to like, you know, like emulate this like old school film vibe, um, which I, yeah, I enjoyed that they tried to do that. Yeah, I also enjoyed that it was an hour long. Um and I thought Garcia, what's his name? Gael Garcia Bernal, the guy who plays werewolf, the werewolf guy was cool. Um, I like the, the transformation they did too. Mm-hmm. Like the way they filmed his transformation, I thought was really cool. And that he also looked like an old school werewolf. They didn't like make him just a big CGI monster, uh, which was nice. I don't know. Overall, I thought it was a pretty decent little mcu teaser you know like little taste yeah it was a good standalone and i'm sure that the whatever they called it the stone that was 
on the monster. The bloodstone. Sort of, the bloodstone. The bloodstone. I'm sure that will come up yeah. again. I'm sure it's gonna. They're gonna tie this into like Blade or something. Like what they're trying yeah. to do. It feels like is set up the mon- that there are monsters in the MCU as well. And yeah. I like that they're doing it in like small little vignettes. Like we don't need a a movie that like shows someone opening the Necronomicon and all of a sudden monsters are loosed upon the world. You know, like that sounds like a lot of CGI and like jokes and shit. If the MCU it also, it, so. I really appreciated that. I wonder if there was a discussion about this being a full length movie or some kind of show. And then someone saying, you know what, guys, we can just do this in an hour and get it over with. I really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I hope that that Do it in an hour for like $5 million, like not yeah. even spend too much on it, you know? And it didn't look like they did. Like the sets looked tiny, um, but I, I liked all of that. It, it, I liked the whole campiness of it. So yeah. it was cool that you know David Bowie was I'm getting tired of as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah that posthumous david bowie appearance <laughs> that's probably where most of the budget went into yeah i'm kind of getting tired of this trope john that i keep seeing is that like uh we we meet a guy and he's got like a really cool weapon or he looks very formidable and he is Im- immediately drops the weapon or is like t- the weapon is taken away from him or something like that you know like they never how did you get this far and this is how easily you are like taken care of are you am talking I, am to my this about right? the, I don't know. the big the axe big guy. burly guy the axe guy yeah the, yeah 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 i get but that. that seems to happen in like every action movie they like you know, like they zoom up, they pan up on this guy and you see his body and he looks looming and he might be holding like a two-handed axe or a hammer or something. And then he just swings at the at the good guy and is immediately disarmed. <laughs> you know? And you're like, how did you even, how did you even get to the point you are and being this lame? Whenever yeah. I see that, I think of in Indiana Jones where... Indiana Jones is escaping and yes! he comes across the the guy who has the sword and he's swinging it all around and and, it, and then he poses in front of Indiana Jones and then uh-huh. Indiana Jones just shoots him with a gun and then just keeps going. But he, he like shrugs <laughs> first, you know, you know? he's like, oh yeah. God, like, bam. I like that. that. See, that's when it's done well. But when it's, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe uh, I haven't really thought this one through a lot, but I just needed to, to voice that. No, um, I get it. It makes sense. I mean, it, it it's yeah. annoying to see that. Over There's and another over trope again. that I saw in uh, was it this movie, Halloween Kills? It was probably Halloween 2018, and I'll, I'll mention it. I'll mention it later. But um, there's just these these things that I've been seeing a lot of, and I'm like, yeah, it just seems lazy. <laughs> hey, look, you know, we're but... in a time of of easy money right now, so. Yeah. Laziness is maybe a little bit part of the job. So what else have you watched, Sean? Me? Um, I went to the movie theater and I saw Billy Eichner's new movie, Bros, which I thought was great. I think a lot of the times Billy Eichner, well, his 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 thing is to be really angry and loud. But I think yeah. in the movie, he did a really good job of 
being more of a human version of that. So he actually comes off as a person in the movie, which I think is very tasteful. Okay. And I also appreciated in the movie a lot of the romantic comedies, the conflict is one of the relationship between the two people. So either they either cheat or they become emotionally unavailable or there's a blowout fight around disagreements or yeah, views normally on something. It's, uh, it's like uh, rising action of them falling in love. Something breaks them up, you know, and then that goes down. The person figures something out and then they run back together and the movie ends, you know. Right. It's yeah. Same story and I just... Time. This this movie took a different take on it where the conflict is pretty much within Billy Eichner's character around okay. how he deals with his emotions and the type of person he is and him actually listening to feedback he's getting eventually. He does so he's growing at first. He's like growing he grows as, a, as person. a person. Yeah. And that's sort of what then opens the door for for a much better relationship, I think. Yeah. Um, and so I thought it was I thought it was well done. It was really funny. I don't think there have been a lot of movies that are I'm gonna watch this it. funny in a while. It is also I think it's just a lot of fun, to be honest. Um there hasn't been a good rom com in a long time, so I was really excited. So you felt like a little quality. refreshed by it too? What was that? I said like you oh, felt refreshed. a little refreshed, yeah. Yeah. I definitely felt refreshed. It gave me it gave me hope that rom coms aren't dead or just comedy movies in general. I feel like a couple weeks ago we I brought up the point that there hasn't been a good comedy that's come out in a they long They don't really time. do them. Yeah. They don't do them cuz it's hard because you're probably afraid that your movie won't last. It'll sort of get canceled somehow. I want to say the but last I, one I saw was Vacation Buddies. Is that what it's called? With like John Cena and uh you know yeah. What I'm about? yeah and that but was funny but but they don't do like those big blockbuster comedies anymore now they have to like now they release a, a blockbuster movie that has to have all of those things you know yes that's a great point so you get something like sandra bullock and channing tatum the lost city so it, there there are definitely funny parts to it but it's an action adventure movie and I think yeah. this movie just really being a rom-com was great, refreshing, and hopefully open the door to, to new voices and different people in Hollywood. I know that a lot of people didn't go see it. I know it didn't do well in the yeah. box office, but hopefully it's one of those movies that when it comes to streaming, more people are getting a hold of it and it sort of yeah. continues to be a part in and so I'm glad you brought that up because I did see, you know, like Billy Eichner saying that, like kind of blaming that people weren't going to go see this movie, like because they're homophobic or something like that. But I genuinely, and this is anecdotally, like I wasn't interested in this movie because I find Billy Eichner like abrasive. His brand of comedy is this very specific thing. And uh, I'm glad you're saying that like he's not really playing that character. And I and I and it's hard for me to he believe is. that that he, idea he is, that he's got not, that niche character. He he definitely is, but yeah. it's not at a hundred like he is when he's doing Billy on the street. You know. <laughs> so I hope he learns at the end that he's kind of just like, man, maybe I can be a little loud and rude sometimes. <laughs> maybe no, you he already be is just loud running and rude up to people. 
that, that was sort of character journey. part of his character building, honestly, yeah. is that he is... He's like, he I'm is, big, I'm loudmouth, you can't stop me from speaking my mind. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Of course. And that was part yeah. of it, so it was fun. So I'll watch it, but like, see, that's a movie that I would watch if it came up on like HBO Max. Nowadays, it's crazy because you have to market like movies towards like, what do people want to see on the big screen? You know, they have to take them away from their comfort zone. Like this movie, I would rather watch this on my couch. This movie's more of a spectacle. I'm going to go see this in the theater, you know? Like Halloween? <laughs> Not like Halloween. I would say like Dune. I watched Dune on my couch. I thought it was great. Oh, I did too. Because I was but able I to take a nap. Theater. I was able to take a nap for the 45 minutes where they didn't do anything and just walked in the sand. You, you're such a hater. What a hater. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I was going to talk about one more show, but I think we're running out of time. I'm going to save it for the Halloween episode. Ooh, okay. Okay, because I, like it. I think it's very seasonal, uh, and so I would rather talk about it on Halloween. Let's do it. Boom. So, let's get into the movie, John. All right. John, I'm about to um, attack the bus driver, pull the bus into the road, escape, and then sneak into Haddlefield and unknowingly cause terror among its people. Okay? Sounds good. All that right, didn't happen to Hall- this time, but it happened Yes, it did. That's exactly what happened. Not in this movie. Oh, God. I watch them both back to back. They're just one big movie to me. (laughs) All right. Let's get into Halloween Kills. Okay. <laughs> you know I think what? That's I'm pretty telling of how I... I felt about the movie. <laughs> well, no, I'm I'm kind of glad that you brought up the first Halloween. Well, the Halloween before this Halloween. The because... Halloween, the first Halloween of this new reboot trilogy. Yes, but right? it, it kind of opens up a lot of questions about the Halloween universe. I guess the greater Halloween universe. I have GHU. so many questions about the GHU um, because <laughs> the Halloweeniverse. Yeah, yeah. We just call it the Wienerverse. Uh, the Michaelverse. Sure. Um, because I don't know about you, John, but I wasn't very familiar with uh, the GHU, the greater Halloween universe. You know, no, at all. What was your experience with with Halloween? The holiday? I mean, no. I think I've talked about some of my experiences with the holiday. No, no. Yeah, um, I remember. You know, just, yeah. <laughs> there have been some weird ones. I mean, um, specifically that, with this. Do you want to tell that story again? No, I'm not going to tell that I know which again, one you're going to say. For those that want to go back and listen to a, a strange encounter that I had um, on Halloween, please go back to, I want to say it was Hocus Pocus. To the Hocus Pocus episode. I think it was Hocus Pocus. Maybe the Twilights. Yeah. Just check out all of our Halloween movies because I'm sure you know John what? has had it's, some it's, interesting anecdotes. It's hard to tell, so maybe just go back and listen to all of the podcasts. I guarantee it's somewhere idea. in there, wherever you get your podcasts. Great idea. Um, That's my big brain John you, right there. Yeah. when <laughs> BBJ. <laughs> 
I don't think I... that means what you think it means. <laughs> Ray John. BBJ. <laughs> I uh I I don't think I'd ever seen the original Halloween from the seventy the seventies. And when I looked this up, I wanted to get a little bit more context because uh I think I'd seen the the reboot of the reboot reboot the 2018 halloween and i just i remembered even after watching this movie i i feel like i left with more questions than answers which is fine this movie is not answering any questions whatsoever but i went back and i was shocked to see that there are 13 halloween movies 13 12 if you're a core fan 12 because we all know all of us, all of us fans, all of us weenies, um, we don't really look at season of the witch as as kind of in the canon. That's sort of a really. Standalone. We know that. I'm a new weenie, so you're a you new. Know, I'm new. Yeah. I'm new to the GHU. I'm a brand new yeah. weenie. But you know what? Total I'll tell you universe. this. I'm happy to be here. Um, thanks for taking me in. Yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll hang up and listen. Um, and I was just, I couldn't believe the other thing. That was insane to me. Is thirteen movies worldwide box? Well, first of all, let me let me take a step back. The first movie in nineteen seventy eight budget was three hundred twenty five thousand. They made seventy million dollars off that first movie in nineteen seventy eight yeah. off a three hundred twenty five thousand budget. So I think that's what opened the door to just keep cranking, just cranking these oh, yeah. movies out. You know what I mean? It and just so, like busted but, open the slasher. You know, John did into the mainstream. I think he did too, and I I wanted to ask you about that too. And I think over the forty years that these movies have been coming out, seven hundred seventy four million dollars is pretty insane. And so it led me to to think, you know, what are some of the top movie franchises? Just so we could put that in perspective, the seven hundred seventy four million versus some of the top movie franchises. So I I went on a list. Oh, okay, on interesting. The, MovieWeb.com, and I wanted to give you, as of our trusted source for movie trivia, yeah, MovieWeb.com. I wanted to (laughs) sort of provide context when this article was written, as of pretty recently. I don't have the exact date. The number ten highest grossing franchise. So again, Halloween, thirteen, thirteen movies, seven hundred seventy-four million. Number ten, Lord of the Rings, five point eight billion. So, wow. <laughs> so again, perspective. Forty That's years. That's still a lot of money. Seven hundred seventy-four million dollars. That's still a lot Not of money. Not really wonder, uh, flipping is, heads, but uh, <laughs> unrelated question: Is James yeah. Bond on that? No. Because they have like twenty plus movies. That's true. That do you want the rest? Do you want the rest of them? So ten is Just Lord of the Rings. Name off a few. Nine, okay. Nine is X Men. Six around six point oh seven. Eight Fast and Furious. Seven is Batman. And six is the Avengers. Oh, you know what? I was wrong. Five is James Bond. Seven point eight eight billion. Okay. Four Harry Potter. Three is Spider Man. Two Star Wars. One the MCU. As a whole, of course, of course. 
Damn. So. That's pretty wild. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Dang. Okay. Um, fuck. That's nuts. Well, I mean, in this six billion for number one. And for what it's worth, this also spawned other franchises like copycat franchises like Friday the Thirteenth. You know, and like at Scream because of this movie too. Yes, like Scream came about. Uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street success was like they were rising at the same time. It's pretty crazy. They were kind of obsessed with this kind of shit in the eighties. You know, I think it's. And I'm just thinking about this right now. It must have been like a pretty not scary time to be alive for people to like turn to for their scares, you know, like on uh, to the movies, you know, nowadays, everything's pretty scary. (laughs) Yeah, everything's kind of scary. And also interesting to get your scares about a movie in which this guy is killing babysitters. Yeah, like that's kind that's of like, what. Why has that always been a thing? Killing babies? I don't know. Because it's right? scary, I guess. You're a teenager, and I think that you know back then too it was like easy to sexualize. You know, like teenagers. In fact, like that's what they would do. It's true. Like they're always in high school. They're always like, you know, and they're always having sex and stuff. And then they get murdered. It's probably about. Uh, you know, like chastity too. Like, if you have sex, you will die. <laughs> it's possible. Sex, I mean, that's yeah. that's an yeah. Don't have, first, yeah. Don't have sex at all. Ever. It's ever. Yeah, it's bad. It's gross, and and you'll die. It's gross. But it's interesting. It's gross. Yeah, that too. It is. Yeah. It's gross. It it's hurt. wet. It's stinky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it hurts. Yeah. And yeah. there's enough people already, you, you know? We yeah. We already have yeah. too many people. And sex so just makes true. more people. It's interesting that back in the 80s, it was teenagers, kind of babysitter stuff. And now on television, they just go right for it, brother and sister. You know what I mean? <laughs> House of Dragon is all about it. Yeah, and like eight year olds, too. Like, why, you know? Like, I don't know let's what's just going go on. for it. We're regressing. Yeah. We're regressing hard. And you know when like uh the internet and all of our technology fails us, we're it we're gonna be it's gonna it's just gonna be the dark ages again. It's, it'll be fine. Can we'll you imagine there. if the only movies that existed, let's say humankind wiped out, aliens come onto our sure. planet. Sure. Hypothetical. Hypothetical, sure. Yeah. This isn't <laughs> this isn't happening. Totally right not now. gonna happen right now. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think is infiltrating the government? Not aliens. <laughs> I hope that the only movies that are left are just these Halloween movies. That's it. That's all. I'd be fine it. with that. I'd be and totally have to fine. Guess with what that. we were about. <laughs> Can you imagine? What the fuck? What if they? I feel like they would love this shit. You Halloween right? one is legit scary. Imagine if you had you no context scared? to film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, oh my God, we're not going to go to Earth. Michael Myers is down there. <laughs> that dude's a psycho. Have you seen that guy? <laughs> he killed his sister. Weapons have no gonna... effect on that man. <laughs> Zero effect. And he's just going to be staring at us from his sister's window. Yeah. How does he get behind Did you know us that? all the time? 
Did you know that in this movie that he stares uh, through his sister's window? I did. I, I think did they know only that. mentioned it like a trillion ten times. times. Yeah, at least, at least for <laughs> yeah. sure. Once but for what it's worth, I didn't know anything about Michael Myers two weeks ago. You know, really? like I, I, I knew that. You know, I knew the iconic look. I, I knew that. Iconic, obviously, yeah. Iconic. Well, beautiful fashionista Michael Myers. Yeah. Um, I knew all of that, but I thought he was like you know a supernatural undead force that shows up every Halloween. Just because I hadn't watched the movies, and then I watched the original for the first time, like I said, like two weeks ago, and I really enjoyed it. It was like you know it's pretty straightforward, solid slasher movie, but it is crazy. The, you watched the one now. from the seventies two weeks ago? <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I've been good? trying to really get into the spooky season, you know. So I watched that. I watched like Nightmare on Elm Street, but I'd already seen that one. Um, I'm going to watch Friday the Thirteenth. I'm trying to do the which whole one's thing. better, Nightmare on Elm Street or the first Halloween? Nightmare on Elm Street is definitely more entertaining. Like it's full of more stuff. Um, meanwhile, Halloween is slower paced. It kind of reminds me of the first Hellraiser movie. You know, where there's like a like act one and act two are doing a really good job of making you just feel like tense. The music is playing. He's stalking. You know, it's not like this movie where Michael Myers has to murder somebody every five minutes or we, or we run the risk of the plot happening. <laughs> <laughs> or the audience looks at their phone. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But you know, yeah, exactly. So I didn't know anything about Michael Myers until... These past couple weeks, and I'm a, I'm a fan. Yeah, I, that's a good point. I before this assumed that Michael Myers was sort of like a Jason Voorhees, where he kind of just appeared and was summoned on Halloween or a special day, and then he had to do his bidding. And I assumed there was something associated with his bidding, and yeah. then he would go back into hiding for more time and that's what i thought about this movie so the real rundown we open on a solo bro first of all i thought this solo bro was ezra miller and i was totally taken aback for a minute but it's not oh my it's a god guy that looks just like him he does right? look like ezra miller yeah 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 so we open ezra up miller would have like picked up a hammer and helped michael myers though <laughs> for sure <laughs> Yeah, what would have happened is Ezra Miller would have been doing... Nah, I'm not going to say what yeah. <laughs> We, you know, menace to society, Ezra Miller. <laughs> My, I think Michael Myers would have been scared of Ezra Miller. <laughs> He'd have been like, you know what? Tonight's your night. I'll come Oof. back on Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, so we open on a, a solo bro who's kind of walking alone, totally messed up with Allison. You know, yeah. classic horror movie start. He comes across the nearly dead body of Officer Hawkins who tells our bro he that Michael needs to die and I'm going to be the one that gets him. Everybody, wa- everybody says that. Every, everyone's going to kill everyone Michael. Says this guy that. pissed yeah. everyone in this town. He's like, he fucked with so, me and... I'm going to be the guy that's going to take him out. I'm going to get him. <laughs> I love the people that also, sidebar, that are like, I'm going to kill Michael, are all dying or, or like <laughs> about to die. 
Um, None of them are. Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes. Um, we we get a flashback from here to the '80s where Officer Hawkins is in a foot chase with Michael Myers. Well, Michael is walking, uh, so it's more of like a walk chase. Uh, but yeah. man, Michael shifted. And he has that weird deflective shield that you know I always forget that Michael Myers has, where bullets just miss him. For now. Mostly. Um, backup officers come, and we get exposition on who Michael Myers was as a kid. You know, the classic, never too violent, but he did kill his sister that one time. Um, yeah. A young boy, Lonnie, encounters Michael Myers after being bullied on his way home, but Michael spares his life, probably because he's super lame loser boy. The officers show up at Michael's old abandoned house to snoop around. This is the second mention at this point of the movie, five minutes in. <laughs> that Michael <laughs> of Michael liking to stand in his sister's bedroom uh, and looking out of the window where one of the officers is standing and then attacked by Michael in front of his sister's window. Trying to save his officer friend, Hawkins shoots the officer in the chest. Um, the officers uh, then surround the house and Michael Myers, Hawkins reassuring his dead colleague that they they got Michael Myers, you know, it's over. And so uh, Michael, surrounded by a ton of cops at gunpoint, escapes the situation. Somehow. Back in 2018 on Halloween. Well, no, at they, talent- they at that point in the movie, he gets committed. In ni- at the end of 1978, apparently, because he goes back, he, he breaks out of... Uh, the mental institution in the first. But movie. if you don't, if you don't know that, I'm sorry. In the first movie of this trilogy, there's two first movies in this, tri- in this right. series. But if you don't know that, then this guy just kind of disappears. Yeah. Um. So back in 2018, Halloween, we're at a talent show at a bar filled with people who know, kind of lived through the Michael Myers attacks previously um, as kids, and our friend Tommy. His talent is telling oh a story about Michael Myers. <laughs> this fucking I, this fucking scene, dude. I was just like rolling my eyes. We'll get there. We'll Ugh. get there. We catch up with Lori, who's played by Jamie Lee Curtis, who is in an ambulance after an encounter in the previous movie trying to burn down Michael Myers' house uh, or try and burn down her house with Michael Myers inside. Firefighters show up to try and fight the fire, but end up getting wrecked. By Michael Myers. Absolutely in the hospital, fucking murked. <laughs> in the hospital, Just doctors per- perform surgery on Lori Schrode to bring her back together. Presumably one of the most expensive <laughs> and longest surgeries of all time. Is <laughs> the doctor's about five like, minutes. she's going to be totally fine. They're <laughs> like, he's like cutting her. He's closing her up. And she's like, yep, uh, she'll have no pain except a little bruising. He's like, we're just going to stitch her organs back up. She's going to be totally fine. Fully in open a new, on. She's fully open on the table. In a new, uh, right after that, we're in a new house where an old stoner couple uh, has the same hobbies as as any teenager: uh, flying drones, smoking weed, watching movies, oh. drinking beer. They are attacked by Michael Myers. That's At the so same sad. Time, that part's so sad. At the same time, we forget. <laughs> That the talent show is still happening, but we end up back at the bar where the talent show is happening. Lonnie, who is now older, um, 
his son, who was the bro from the beginning of the movie, gives him a call uh, that a police officer was attacked, and Michael is back on the run. Michael shows up outside of the talent show bar, so we think, where Tommy leads a band of drunk old fighters after Michael, uh, who we think, who they think is Michael, gets in a car, drives away, and escapes, and we learn that it is not Michael Myers, it is conveniently another person who has escaped from a mental institution. Now, at a couple's house, Big John and Little John uh, end up getting punked by trick-or-treaters, but scare them back by telling the kids that they live in Michael Myers' house, and they brag hard about it. Back at the hospital, detectives question Lori's kids and break the news to them that Michael Myers is alive, even though they shot him in the face and attempted to burn him alive. Tommy and the gang head out around town to alarm and arm the streets against Michael Myers. Part of the crew runs into Michael outside of a park. Michael brutally kills all of them. I'm not victim blaming here, but uh, they did stay inside of a car as Michael Myers. They couldn't remember how to unlock a car from the inside. Also not victim blaming, but no one in this movie runs from Michael Myers who can only walk. (laughs) Lonnie and Tommy find the abandoned car and go searching for the lone liver, Lindsay, and Michael at the park after coming across Michael's display of bodies, they find Lindsay. Oh, lone survival, the survivor. Yeah, she's a liver, baby. Um, Back at the hospital, (laughs) Maury is now awake and under the impression that Michael is dead. Frank, Officer Frank, is wheeled in and she confesses her love for him, which is a great time to do that. They reminisced on a night where they kissed, but Frank wanted more. <laughs> the two of them are living their best life, thinking Michael is dead. The They're like, we becomes... can move on now. We can, we can, yeah. we can move on now that Michael's dead. Yeah. The hospital then becomes overrun with people looking for their missing family. Tommy brings Lindsay to the hospital and instills fear into people looking for their family members. Uh, by by telling them that they're all dead and then <laughs> gives a pregame speech to rile up the civilians to then Evil kill dies tonight. Evil Michael dies tonight. Myers and ruin Lori's day by telling her Michael's alive. Meanwhile, at Big John and Little John's house, Michael Myers slips into his old house. Big John and Little John grab some knives and get ready to fight for their lives. Back at the hospital, the person who escaped a men- another mental hospital uh, who is mistaken for Michael Myers tries to make his way through a riot inside of the hospital. No, just same, person. For same person, same person, same hospital. Sa- well, yeah, same person that escaped a previous mental institution is coming to this hospital for medical attention. Okay, because, gotcha. Because uh, they're not feeling so good. They don't look good either. They look rough. Yeah. And I he feel looks bad pretty bad. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and we learn back at the hospital during an all-out manhunt for an innocent person that Frank feels guilty for not letting Dr. Loomis kill Michael back in the day. Lori doesn't give a shit about his sob story because she's going to end Michael (laughs) once and for all. (laughs) Lori's daughter, Karen... um, Stands up to Tommy and the angry mob to save the innocent sick person who clearly isn't Michael Myers, but isn't enough because this mob 
so fearless, so inspired, drives the innocent man to jump out of a window and kill himself. Now Michael is turning us into monsters. Yep. Now the hunt is on for the real Michael, meeting him back at his lair, his home, Lonnie and his team, Tommy and his team, and Lori, but not really Lori, head to stop Michael. Shocker that Lonnie dies pretty quick, and while his son, the bro, Cameron, gets pretty messed up too, Allison, Lori's granddaughter, really gave it her best shot. She really, She's really holding off Michael Myers when her mom, Karen, comes to save her. Her mom takes off the mask of Michael Myers and then lures him to a angry mob of town folks down the street. And the town folk go ham on uh-huh. Michael Myers. The town folk win the first round. But then Michael puts on an expendables level clinic on dispatching bodies. <laughs> kills all of them. While Karen, <laughs> standing in Michael's sister's bedroom, stares out the window, thinking she's finally stopped Michael when she sees his reflection in the window and gets stabbed to death. Yeah. Yeah. We did it. You did it. We did it. Man. So <clears throat> we, we were ready to go from the get when this movie starts in the very stereotypical, very easy way of dude messes up on the phone with someone comes across dead bodies and then we immediately go from there which was interesting into exposition which you forced exposition yeah right it was like uh what i will say i liked that at first i liked that this movie picked up literally minutes after the last movie ended you know because the last movie ends with michael myers in that stuck in the cellar and uh, Hawkins had just been stabbed, etc. And the kid is still wearing the same clothes. Like it's the same night, you know. I liked that at first, but then the movie had to play a lot of catch up to set up the stakes for the rest of the movie in that exposition scene. And it just felt holy, holy shit! I could not stand that exposition scene. That it was so- tough. <sighs> I actually broke this movie down because all of these scenes were so great and the dialogue was so bad. I broke them down all into quotes that I think really summed up each situation. And so as we're getting into the exposition, I just want to hit, hit everyone with a quote oh so we God, can be on the same page. Yeah. And so then, uh, and then I want you to keep going about how bad it was. So, okay. This is when, this is when the, the we're in the sort of history of Michael Myers back at the house and the two officers kind of are are snooping around looking for Michael. Hey, Frank, there's a dead dog in here. Never mind, nothing. (laughs) Okay, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, and and there was some, like, there was, like, a lot of dialogue that was, like, um, that was just, like, this is what's happening, guys. You know, it was, like, it's it's such lazy dialogue. I read this tweet the other day that was, like, uh, character in a script. Good to see you, little bro. What's it been? Three months? Can't believe it's been five years since dad died. How's the family business? <laughs> it's like, Is that from the room? Just, just so exposition heavy. Like, caring. 
<laughs> it doesn't sound natural at all. Which was how I felt about that talent scene. They were like, hey guys, you, you ever heard the story about the boogeyman from 40 years ago? And then it oh. literally spotlights on each one of the characters that had a run-in with Michael Myers, you know? And it just felt so, like, these are the people we're going to be following this movie, you know? Like, instead of just showing them up, showing us to them organically, it's that just like, was there's another... this guy, this is what happened to him, there's this guy, this is what happened to him. That's, you know, there's another line on that tweet thread that was so funny. It was like, it was like, Susan, but we've been sister for years. <laughs> Like, who talks like I love this? you like a sister. There was another great line. When Tommy comes out on the stage for the talent show, people are clapping. And then he immediately says, I'm not going to whistle for you tonight. I'm going to tell you a story. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's Jeez. how it, it sets it up. What? What? How do you feel about movies in this case? It seems that they've retconned the entire history of it. Of Halloween? Yeah. Yeah. Because you watched the original, and then you also watched the first of this one. This Of this trilogy, yeah. I actually kind of liked it. I liked it because I thought the first one wasn't that bad. I thought the first one was fine. It did, like, a pretty good job, like, rebooting the story afterwards. But it was still, you know, it was still pretty simple. Um, this movie, though, is trying to do a lot with very little, I feel like, right off the bat. So, like, it's it's setting up all of these characters immediately, and we quickly find out that it's only doing so, so Mike Myers has more people to kill than just Jamie Lee Curtis, you know? And maybe I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I don't think this movie knew what to do with Jamie Lee Curtis, because no, she, was, she doesn't do anything. She was stuck in a hospital room the entire movie, mm-hmm. uh, which sucks. Which sucks because she's so, she's a dynamic. She's crazy, you know. And I love to see her like running around doing shit. But she was really forced. She was basically in a in a bottle episode. This whole movie, you know, just stuck they in the really same made room. the the movie about. And I right before we started recording, it was interesting. I feel like the last three movies we talked about, they really go hard on the town or a group of people taking down a bad force and they really this whole movie is about how much michael myers has just haunted this town and how they're gonna fight him back but it just feels out of place because my understanding of these movies is that michael's really only after laurie that's it not the town yeah but, see, I don't know if he actually is or if he's just on a killing spree that Lori has found herself on, like, Lori has found herself in the middle of twice now, you know? And, because uh, I, don't, I don't know if, I kept thinking about this while watching these movies. It's like, does Michael Myers have an actual driving force or does he just kill willy-nilly? I will... You know, we're we're lucky enough, actually, believe it or not. What did you think I of Willie Nilly's Michael... performance in this movie, by the way? I Willie thought he was Nilly? great. <laughs> they were great. They were great. Yeah. But I actually have Michael on the phone. I'm gonna <laughs> on, I'm gonna put him on speaker for you. Um hold on one sec. And we can actually if you want to uh, ask him the same question and uh, we'll get an answer for him. Michael, can you hear us? 
That's a joke. I'm glad you got it. You didn't say <laughs> shit. Yeah. <laughs> it should have just been... <sighs> I don't even think he breathes. <laughs> he does breathe at the end after he's been stabbed, shot. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that was a rough day for him. him. Yeah, it was He just rough. kind of, like, exhales like, after a long day at the office. He's just kind of... Woo! <laughs> Woo! Here I go killing again. <laughs> I wish he had ended it by saying something like, get out of my sister's room. Yeah. Yeah. This is so, my sister's room. So I might, my, my memories might be kind of melded between this movie and the first movie because like I said, I saw them both in the same day. Um, it's in this movie where Judy Greer is like staring at herself in the mirror, in the, her reflection, right? And because, yeah, okay, so yeah, Hawkins at one point is thinking, I'm not sure if he was looking out the window or staring at himself at his own at his own reflection. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, that was at the end of this movie. Okay, Karen dies. Yeah, because Karen shows back up and she does the same thing and then he shows up behind her. Um, Right. I felt like this movie in that moment and at the end while uh jamie lee curtis is monologuing that it was doing a lot of exposition for michael myers's like powers and psyche you know because it sounds like uh he grows stronger the more he kills is what's implied and that he sees himself as a monster maybe you know like I said, I mean, there's only one person to ask. Um, they keep saying he's like the personification of evil, too. This is what I was thinking of the whole time when I'm like thinking about Michael Myers as a character and not really looking at the movie itself for like form. I think Michael Myers is an interesting character, but only because he is. I don't think that they know what to do with him. I was thinking the same thing that if this movie ends this franchise ends with this latest movie that's out. I think it would be interesting to do a character movie or just a breakdown on Michael Myers, not necessarily him killing and him like not the movie being about him killing people, but actually the trauma and whatever happened you know, it would to be awesome Myers to make him that way would be crazy. You know, it would be awesome is if they had like, one of the if they made a movie like that but it was like of the podcasters in the first movie and like their death and like people just like you know talking to the camera like being interviewed like in the true crime shows with like psychiatrists and stuff and then being like michael myers is one of the most interesting cases of the year you know we had him incarcerated for about 40 years before he escaped and did and like you know, a black background and just do it completely yeah. earnestly like one of those fi- true crime documentaries and just do the whole movie like that. I would watch the that shit cool. out of that. Just do like an hour yeah. long special. <laughs> that would be cool. I think it would be in. cool. It could even be funny. Let's do it. Well, I don't know if you want to make it too funny because he did murder his sister. Yeah, but you could also use it to like parody the true crime like genre that we exist in right now you know yeah yeah that's true but i do love every uh only murders in the building great show i i saw the first season of that it's so good 
It's so good. Second season is pretty good too. Anyway, Really? Okay, I gotta watch that. so this movie, and you were telling, you were talking about earlier before the first Halloween movie is sort of a slow burn. It's really kind of a stalking type movie, which the, I think the first Friday the 13th is kind of like that as well. Um, and then this movie, there's killing every five minutes. And that first Constantly. scene when the, the house is on fire and Michael just wreck, he just goes right through the entire fire department. I, my favorite part of that, and it made me laugh so hard Please right tell off me you're the going to bat. see the chainsaw. <laughs> that? So it was... It was For the, the chainsaw slow, like, you know, wind <laughs> like, yeah. up with the shadow, followed immediately by the one guy who just had a hose. And he was spraying a he hose. He just sprayed it. <laughs> yeah, I liked that. So he's walking I... slowly, wet, <laughs> to then kill everyone. See, that's this is what I mean. Like, they did that in that scene, too. They showed the guy with that buzzsaw, like... Fucking, he, he turned that shit on. He looked like he knew how to use it for a second. But then the movie, like, he just raises it, and all of a sudden, it's in Michael Myers' control. And he just <laughs> cuts the guy's head off. But I'm like, damn, at least, like, I wanted to see, I want to see somebody put up a fight with the weapons they pick up. Nobody seems to be able to, like, slash at Michael Myers without him immediately catching their arm or something. Except for Allison. She's the one that, like, <laughs> like stabs him, like, three times. Yeah, three times. And then at the end. But... Yeah. So we get to him killing there. Then we immediately pretty much get to him at the geriatric stoner couple's place. Really just doing a number on these two folks. Yeah. Which also seemed out of place. Like he, but, he just sort of walked into their house and killed them. There was no... See, this is what I'm saying. Like, So he just wants to... Ki he just kills. Because I was like but, thinking maybe he'll leave them alone because he seems like in the past he's left people who alone who look like helpless or something like he left Lonnie alone. Right. He, yeah. I don't. So I don't know. I was confused. I was like maybe he's just gonna walk right by these people. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't tell if it was a a predator type situation where the predator only kills other predators, right? But yeah. then he kind of goes out of his way sometimes. It just seems. Weird. Unless he actually does get strength and power from killing people, then maybe I guess you want to start pretty easy, warm your way back up. Yeah. But it, it seems silly. And then because, we get. Oh, yeah, see? They don't say that until the end. Right. So you wouldn't yeah. know. This is like just guessing, looking back on it. And then at the, it, the next scene. Um, is where we get shit. I forgot my stethoscope. Yeah. This is where <laughs> the nurse, the doctor and the nurse sort of go back. Which is a callback to the first movie because he says that as he's walking out of his house and Mike Myers is walking up to them, uh, which I liked because, again, I watched these back to back. So I was like, oh, that's the couple that was just leaving their house randomly in the first movie. I was like, I kind of like that they brought them back in. So at this point in the movie, I'm thinking, okay, I like that there's more people involved, you know? And then as soon as he started killing them, I was like, oh, okay, they're only here to be Michael Myers' uh, killing subject, victims, you know? 
But this so kind of like so the part of the movie where the random other guy was introduced to us. Tommy Boyle. No. The, oh the yeah, the mental health. Yeah, the mental which hospital. I felt was why did they do that? I I felt it was unnecessary, like just to create that riot in the hospital. I feel like you could have done that without the guy in some other way. You know. Absolutely. I think they could have shown that the community was crazed and angry and scared without yeah. having to create a, a someone for them to take it out on. They're yeah. already that person was already there. It was Michael Myers. So And that whole and it leads to like the riot in the hospital, you know, like the crowd going crazy trying to murder this guy. Which is also very Friday the 13th, I mean, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, because the parents take it upon themselves to murder the murder the bad guy. Um, it just, I don't know, it felt, it felt messy, right? It felt messy, and obviously it's chaotic because it's a riot, but it didn't feel like, uh, like it was supposed to be, it felt like two different movies at this point, right? It did. That great point. So I was like right here after we meet Big John and Little John is when sort of people figure out that Michael is still alive. And then Lonnie becomes an is an arms dealer, I guess. He just has loads of guns (laughs) and ammo in his trunk. Tommy is out doing guerrilla marketing to create a riot and a mob to take down. I didn't even to do what? They weren't even yeah. like, we're going to go kill Michael Effective. Myers. He was just instilling fear. Also, none of them, when encountering Michael Myers, called the rest of the people. They just right. immediately engaged Michael Myers instead of being like, yo, we found him. Come here. You know? In the car. The yeah. car scene when they're in, at the park. In the car scene yeah. twice. Like, Taylor and Lindsay, or what, what is her name? Marianne? I don't remember. Miriam? Whatever. Their names don't matter because they literally exist to be killed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dude. After after we meet them, you know, we meet more cannon fodder in Big John and Little John. And Right. uh, They just kind of talk about the house. It doesn't but when we're at the Which exactly the whole the whole purpose of all of those scenes is to tell us that they live in Michael Myers' house now. And also to Get us to kind of like them because they're going to die. You know, we want to feel something for them to die. But again, like it, it, it feels like the movie is diverting us in order to do that. It doesn't feel like it's kind of running a, a, a straight line, you know? It was weird because they wanted us to like them. And then at the park, when the other people are being killed, there's those kids that were outside of Big John. That's right. Who played the worst prank ever. Really? I thought it was kind of clever. They had a razor blade with throw up and and then we're like, oh, we found a razor blade. He's dying. He's dying. That's a yeah. terrible. You thought that was a clever prank? I mean, it was a distraction for the other kid to go inside and get the, the bowl of candy. Couldn't I they thought have it was just fun. like knocked on the door and then the other guy sneaked through the back? I don't, I don't know. Understand why they... I thought it was fun. What, I that... thought it was like a fun Halloween prank. Well, that like, was a fun Halloween prank. What kind of Halloween yeah. pranks do you do? 
I don't. That's what I. That's what I was thinking. I was like, "Wow, but I should have done more of that stuff." That's the kind of yeah. That's the kind of prank you yeah. would do. I would. I would. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Help him! Help him! <laughs> I'm like dragging my brother. <laughs> He's just like bleeding. They're like, "Oh, what happened? What happened?" Yeah, that sounds great. I don't think I know anyone that did any cool pranks like that. Me neither. That's like movie shit. That's movie shit. You know, like, Mischief Night is a thing. Have you ever heard of the Mischief Night? No. Which is the night before Halloween, and that's when all the older kids kind of get a little crazy, right? They like, oh, throw yeah, yeah, eggs yeah. at people and stuff. See, it wasn't really like that for me growing up, you know? was it, I mean, you and I uh, had our f- did our fair share of hijinks, you know? I've, we've TP'd a house or two. Maybe. Definitely. Allegedly. Statues of limitations have to be up. Like we're, we're so old. <laughs> so yeah, I TP'd a couple houses. So what? come at me, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean a little bit different than fake throw up and razor blades. Um, yeah, it's so way cooler to do it, that other one. So what was interesting is, you know, we're supposed to like Big John and Little John, and I feel. Like when that when those kids in the park were killed, I was kind of happy about it. Well, <laughs> yeah, they kind of. I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel bad. You know at what? All. I did. The, I, there were moments in this movie where I did actually like, like I liked the characters that they were setting up. You know, like they they did they said little things that showed us a little bit of their personality and stuff. Like Michael McDonald at one point when they think Michael Myers is in the house, gets scared at his own reflection, and I yeah. laughed. <laughs> and I laughed. Or, or, and the couple that's the doctor and the nurse, she's like, I'm a doctor and my husband is a nurse. And they're like, oh, of course, because they were dressed as two different things. I liked that, too. And that she took the gun being like, you don't know how to use that thing. Like, give that to me. Yeah. Um, so Which was, like was wild when Yo! the door. And I was like, Dude, and it smacked her. I liked that part. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of sick. Yeah, that was sick. <laughs> It's pretty crazy that Michael Myers goes from being a slasher to some kind of SEAL Team 6. He's super Dismember of bodies. Like, at one point in uh, the first movie, he's being held in the back of a cop car with Allison. And, uh, you know, dude, those the back of a cop car is basically like a cage. And he, the very first, like, bump he gives to the front... The cage just falls, just crumples on top of the doctor immediately. Like, he can just break through anything. It's fucking awesome. (laughs) Right after, so right after he blows through those people at the park um, is really when Tommy instills fear in everyone and the evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight crowd gets uh evil dice tonight which is a great phrase i like that i also like that there was the point where things are going crazy and you know you kind of are thinking man these people are ready to take down michael the, the community is going to do it and someone gets really yeah. angry and they just scream the system failed get out of my way <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah when they're like let the police hand oh no jamie lee yeah. curtis says the system failed that's right yeah 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 and then that's right before she just jabs in her leg a bunch of morphine 
and is yeah. ready. She's, to I go. wish she had been like, pain don't hurt. Ah! <laughs> oh, she says, it makes the pain go away. And then just yeah, jabs right. herself with the I just needle. thought of pa- Patrick Swayze there. Uh, yeah, dude, that pain scene was hurt. wild. And then they get like, um, they, they all jump into cars and Anthony Michael Hall Tommy is like telling everybody what to do, and I remember in this scene, I was like, "What they really need is like walkie-talkies, straight yeah. up, or just cell like, phones." They don't use their cell phones. They are all kind of older. Yeah, that that's might true. Be There's not too many at least young in the first movie. Like, this is something you have to do when you make a horror movie set in present day, is you have to get the cell like the cell phones out they have to get because otherwise you as an audience member <clears throat> if you've already seen them texting or something in the movie you know for dialogue or exposition or whatever you kind of have to when they're set in modern day when the climax hits and when they're in trouble you you have to stop the audience from thinking why don't they just call for help why but then that's when you phones. always get the the classic no signal or exactly. oh, my phone's broken from when I fell. So or... you have to find creative ways to get rid of their phones earlier because otherwise it feels forced. Like in the first movie, I, I liked that <clears throat> her the boyfriend takes her phone and dumps it in the pudding. You know? And so it was a part of their argument, you know, like as a result of something that's happening that's character centric, plot centric, they get rid of the phone. Instead of it being like, oh, no, no signal, you know, when the character feels like they need to use it, like the phone's already gone. Um, but in this movie, they always had their phones. They could have called for backup because the whole town is fucking looking for him at any point. So it just felt like unnatural. I was like, yeah, they need walkie talkies or some shit. <laughs> the the one also, thing Anthony too, Michael Hall is weird in this movie. He's super weird, dude. He's so weird. He doesn't look anything like the dude from The Breakfast Club. It's crazy that they're the same person. Uh, it happens. There's uh, The one thing I wish that this movie did is when we go back to Big John and Little John's house for the Michael kind of going back there and yeah. and they're just sitting there and one of the Johns is like, hey, what's in that honey? And then they kind of they say that and then they're like, oh, what was that? And I was just like, what the fuck was that? Anyway, uh, what I wish. Wait, what? When was that? When, when did that happen? They were like they had like honey. They were eating honey, right? And they one of them says something weird, and then he's like, "Whoa, what was in that honey?" <laughs> I completely no missed sense. that. I completely really? missed that. Yeah. What I what I yeah, I liked Big would've... John, the Little John. <laughs> they were great. And so I wrote I down. I was like, it... Michael McDonald is so good. I what I wish they had done in this movie with the two of them since they live in Michael Myers' house, it would have been interesting if they were somehow part of this new cult or some Ooh. kind of belief sect where they were powering up Michael or they were the ones going to protect him or something yeah. of that nature. But Why would you ever live in that house? Because so. it's probably dirt cheap to live in that house. It's probably sold for nothing. Because Mike Myers Still. killed his sister in there and a bunch of Michael, Michael, sorry, Mike, Mike Myers is <laughs> right. doing great. Sorry, Austin Powers. Yeah, he's doing great. He looks really good in Amsterdam. 
that movie looks horrible we might have to talk about that movie i think we will uh, but yeah I, that would have been cool if they if they did something like that but john just to, um i'm glad you brought us back to that because i was gonna say but michael myers at this point in the story isn't supernatural he's just a guy right and i think that could have helped instead of the exposition at the end where i Again, I don't know if he's supernatural or not or whatever, but it seems he's that maybe he be. is something. This could have given us this could have been the show don't tell. If you know they're oh Michael's Michael's back, he's alive, he's coming, and then we see them kind of go to this part of their house or his sister's room that's always talked about, and there's just something in there, some kind of idol yeah. or whatever. And I think that could have at least helped make this feel a more natural story. Some kind of progression to the story. Yeah. So I think what you're chasing is that like this movie, this movie needed a central story. It just needed something because I understand that there are three and, and it's, I, from what I understand, all three were sort of announced that they were going to make three more movies. Yeah. So the first one came out. So when they announced this this movie, they wanted to Danny McBride and the other dudes that made this movie wanted to film them back to back. So like they knew that at least the first two were going to be in like the same go, you know? Um, And I'm pretty sure when this was released, they immediately announced that there would be a sequel to it. So there would be one more. And it's called yeah, Halloween Ends, just, John. Do you think he's going to die? No. But Me neither. I think it's just going to end. But the I uh, really liked the way the first movie ended. You know, like where he's trapped in the house. Yeah, where he's fire. trapped and he yeah, he gets lit on fire. I thought that was like an appropriate ending because yeah, he could escape, you know. And initially, like I said earlier, like I was happy this movie happens like within like the same hour that the last one ended but it again it again it like really it created a lot of problems in the writing choosing to do yeah there just wasn't much to do for anyone if you because jimmy lee curtis had nothing to do it's wild nothing to do and did you know he goes into his sister's room and stares out the window maybe i did after they said it a thousand times in this movie Maybe he wasn't looking out. He was looking in at his reflection at himself. Yeah. Thanks, Hawkins. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. I, so, like, this is right at the end when Lonnie, Tommy, kind of the crews are coming together to attack Michael at his his house, at Big John and Little John's new house. I laughed again in this scene a few times, but especially when Lonnie walks up to the house and then bangs on the door as he's trying to sneak in and attempt at capturing Michael Myers or killing Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah, why did, on he, the door. why did he announce his presence? Also, there was just I'm, one gunshot when he got killed. That's all you need. You baby. know what's interesting about Michael Myers? Actually, this just reminded me. He likes to move his victims and put them into like into like different poses, which is weird, right? Like that's I kind of- see. I disagree. I don't think it's weird. I wanted. I was about to bring it up. I think it's a very underrated characteristic of Michael and his. I like it. Touch. 
on displaying. <laughs> he's on an, an artist. It's like, this is his he's art. He's like a serial you know? killer. Like, yeah. Look, this is uh, his work is not who he is. You know what I mean? My like, favorite his work Michael is Myers killing, piece. But yeah. he is an artist. Yeah, I agree. And my favorite Michael Myers piece is in the first movie when he cut off an, a police officer's head and then stuck a flashlight in it so it looked like a jack-o'-lantern. See, that's great. That's really thinking on the fly. He is... Yeah. I don't think he gets enough credit Outside for that. of the box. I also... Big I fan also of Halloween, appreciate... it looks like, too. He's like a big fan of Halloween. Yeah. I mean, how could you not? It's the one day a yeah. year you come out to play. I, I also <laughs> really like that if he really messes someone's face up, you know, he'll, he'll put a pumpkin over it or he'll cover it with a bag uh-huh. or... Something like that, you know, and it, and it it also seems that if he's aware of the relationship of his victims beforehand, he does like to pose them as if they're enjoying yeah. their time. Or if he completely together. fucked the body up, he'll hide it, you know, like in the yeah. attic. Um, he won't sure. do a good yeah. job of hiding it, but it'll be hidden. <laughs> <laughs> to the best of his ability. I mean, to the, the best of his working ability. on working in a time crunch, right? The fact yeah. that he actually takes time after killing people to do all of this i think it says a lot about him it's commendable it's truly commendable i think so yeah it is i actually really do like that quirk about michael myers i think it's kind of funny actually what do you think he's gonna do so the movie is ending he sort of karen karen and allison come or allison's there karen sort of knocks michael out takes his mask lures him into the the street fight what do you think um and, and the great line that's mentioned to michael at this point is hey michael it's halloween everyone's entitled to one good scare one good scare shit out of him yeah <laughs> what do you think he's gonna do to decorate those bodies i hope he like uh he, he like makes he like kind of like lines them all up so from like a bird's eye view when you look down it looks like a big jack-o'-lantern mm, you know i like that i yeah. like that or the other one is, I don't know when the next movie time-wise is supposed to be taking place, but what would be really cool is if it's immediately after, I like the Jack-O-Lantern, or it spells out the 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 title, Halloween Ends. Ha- Halloween? Dead bodies. Yeah. yeah or just Halloween. Dude, you know what I, what I really, really like about these movies is how fucking Halloween-y they are. And I mean, they're, they're named Halloween, so they should be, but like, I love... The title, I love the title sequences, you know, like, there's always a jack-o'-lantern there. There was one scene, especially when Michael is stalking uh, Judy Greer, Karen, he stops and like, you see all of the decorated houses around him and there's, it looks so good. So like, I like those pieces visually (laughs) and I like Mike Myers, Michael Myers, Michael. Michael Myers' whole, like, look, I think it's so great. Like, I love how Halloween-y it is. But it'd be nice if these movies were just, like, a little better. You know? <laughs> just a little better. Well, be cool. hey, uh, that's what that's what we think. But maybe, you know, the critics and audience uh, have a different opinion of how good Yeah. Wait, John, before we get into that, we have to talk about the very end scene. Because Michael Myers oh, sure. comes back. You know, like, yeah. yeah, he gets the shit kicked out of him by... Oh, he gets shot people. multiple times. Yeah, he, he multiple the, times. The shit probably does get kicked out of him, literally. Uh, he's beaten Lonnie with stabs wood. him with a pitchfork in the back, 
before yeah. all of this. Uh, he's been stabbed multiple times by Allison, and then yeah, he gets beaten by the townspeople, and then he like Spider Man. You know, like when Spider Man is buried under rubble, he finds the will. <laughs> His <laughs> it seems Mike Myers' greatest strength is will, because <laughs> he just gets back up. <laughs> And starts beating the shit out of these people one by Whoa. one. Whoa, hold on! Before he starts beating the shit out of them, he when he's stabbed in the back, he he finds the will and he grabs the knife and just ninja throws it. Yeah, to kill some guy. Chekhov's and then knife, he just by goes the way. Nuts. Yeah, he just goes nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. But I did, it. and so then after that, Judy Greer thinking also, that I, she's I think that one. Was, that was Tommy's knife, not Chekhov's knife. Oh, Chekhov's knife. Did they even do anything with Chekhov's knife? Because <laughs> they really brought our attention to it at first. I don't think Chekhov was in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, then he shows up behind Judy Greer. I don't know how he crossed the street with everybody outside, but he did. Uh, and murders Judy Greer. At, at the ending of the movie is him killing Judy. I thought at first I was like, no, that can't actually be happening. But it, it definitely does. It does. And that's going to be what, I guess, fuels... Jamie Lee Laurie Curtis in the Strode. next movie. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. But it well, it did seem out of place. It felt so forced. It felt so forced in the moment. Like, yeah, I don't know. It did not... It didn't make me feel good. It left me feeling kind of gross. Uh, just because... Well, Left yeah. us feeling gross, but let's see how it left critics and audience. Let's do it. Let's get into the reviews. We'll start with the critic reviews as as we typically do. A solid thirty nine percent from the critics. Ooh, like that's uh, that's not bad. It's a good F though. Um, <laughs> let's see what they have to say. USA Today. We'll start with the it's USA a good Today F. on this one. They say. As gruesomely brutal as a night spent with Michael Myers should be. Not Mike Myers. Michael Myers should be. Although the horror sequel loses some of its skull-crushing effectiveness at juggling rampant carnage and social commentary, two and a half out of four. God, yeah. I mean, was there social social commentary? commentary? Yeah. Was, was it like the group there... coming together to defeat evil? Like, is that the social commentary? Or like the consequences of mob mentalities? Uh, I don't know. Or for them forcing a gay couple on us? What? It... <laughs> yeah. What? Are... Who are you, Billy Eichner? <laughs> <laughs> uh... 
<laughs> but is there what social commentary has there ever been in these movies? Like Halloween one is just about a serial killer. There's there's nothing really else going on there. Murder bad. All I right, mean, let's see this. Don't get me wrong; it definitely loses some of its uh, soul-crushing, skull-crushing effectiveness. But I don't know what social commentary they're talking about. I hate when the woke gets it just murks <laughs> down my murder. You know what I mean? <laughs> Take the woke oh, out of my murder. Wait, is that what they were talking about? Just the fact that there's a gay couple in there? A great, maybe. Why? That would be because wa- it doesn't even seem like commentary. It's just normal. <laughs> I was joking about them forcing a gay couple, but, now, on us, but maybe it's real. I know, but now I'm thinking maybe that's actually what they're talking about. Maybe they're actually being like, "I hate how fucking woke this movie is." Oh, there's a teenage these- boy dressed in a running around in a skirt. <laughs> that might have been it too. Frost dressers. They were like, yeah. "Wait a minute." Can you imagine being the critic that's watching this? Totally cool with everything that's going on. Senseless murder, gross stuff happening. And then you get to this part and there's these two guys living together and you're just, oh, they're probably roommates. And then <laughs> and then at some point you're thinking to yourself, man, these roommates are really familiar. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, my God. It dawns gay. on you. I can't believe this movie is shoving gay propaganda down my throat. Yeah, yeah. And then you think, oh my God, how gay is that that things are being shoved down my throat? Anyway. Yeah, and then you hear the, the black the black uh, woman in the nurse costume say, I'm a doctor and my husband's oh, a nurse. And they're like, did it. oh no. That's what did oh. It. That's definitely what did it. I'm so I over think. this social wokeness black doctors yeah right (laughs) black lady doctors get out of here a woman doctor oh please in your dreams (laughs) and they own a home oh my gosh get the wokeness (laughs) they own a home in that neighborhood (laughs) okay There's no way that's their BMW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they see that lady on the TV go like, this used to be a safe neighborhood. And they're like, I get it, sister. (laughs) Until the the gay couple move in. God, the property value is going down. I know, right? Like, look, all this neighborhood wants is a couple kids making razor blade pranks, some murder. But... God, again. With the Some game. good old-fashioned white fun. Uh, yeah. Let's get into this next one. Let's review. get into this next <laughs> one. Um, this one's from comicbookmovie.com. Halloween Kills sidelines Jamie Lee Curtis for a laughably bad middle chapter of a trilogy that features heaps of gore and inventive kills, but is ultimately more filler than killer. And a real letdown after 2018's Halloween. Two and a half out of I five. Agree. I, I agree. I agree because the first one was so... The, I really liked the first one. It wasn't really good, but it was fun. I thought it was like a solid reboot as far as reboots go. You know? Um, st- my favorite reboot, though, still has to be Ghostbusters After. Ghostbusters 2016. This <laughs> next one, Parade Magazine. 
so tactless it features flashback clips from the movies it's already retconned out of canon so witless it substitutes endless gore by turns nauseating and repetitively dull for even the slightest amount of genuine excitement one out of five well these people are being very harsh also i don't think that it actually retcons movies that are already out of canon because it only retcons the first movie a little bit it like adds to it it well, so it all. It, but it retcons it everything takes, else. It takes out the second movie, from what I yeah. understand and read. The second movie, Halloween Two, because in that movie, they reveal that Laurie Strode is Michael Myers. Mike Myers' sister. sister. Yeah, and so they kind of just take that out of the movie and and stick with the first up. Yeah, they take so everything the, after the first movie, like. All nine of those movies that came after Halloween 1 are gone. And this is like, and then Halloween 2018 is a direct sequel to Halloween 1978. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But then they just inserted Hawkins into that movie. Did you notice that they also changed the grain of the film when they did that? They made it look a little bit more 1970s, like when Lonnie was fucking with the Doyle kids. Um, it was reverse. Lonnie was being fucked by the Doyle kids. That's what I meant. Yeah. Um, but did you notice that they kind of made the it a little bit like grainier, make it look like the seventies? I kind of liked that. Um, I didn't really notice. The only thing that I noticed, and that's that part, and why I remembered that it was Lonnie being messed with, is because that group of kids screamed at him. That's what you get when you fuck with the Mulaney's. Um, and then, yeah, wait, but they, huh? I, I thought for some reason Donald that same group of dick, kids but... was Tommy Boyle or Doyle and Lonnie. Like they were friends now. I don't know why I thought that. Who knows? Who knows? Well, but no, they say time. in the movie he's like, I used to fuck with this guy in high school. You know, and now he's gonna come up here and he's like a great whistler. Or I used to fuck with this guy when we were kids, is what he says. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I agree with this. I agree with this guy. Let's get into this last one here from the independent fully, UK. Though. What do you think what do you think uh UK thinks about these American murder movies? Well the UK has a lot more knife stabbings than we do. We we have guns here. So maybe mm. they think it's a little scarier. Mm. Hmm. I don't know. They say <laughs> This lurching, directionless corpse of a film relies far too much on the knowledge that it has one more installment, next year's Halloween Ends, in which to figure out what the whole Blasted Trilogy should be about. Two out of five. What the whole Blasted Trilogy should be about. Is that your your British accent? I love that. Not really. I don't really really know what it... I don't really know what happened there. That was great. I blacked out for a second. You, You... You blacked out and became a duchess. Um, <laughs> I think overall, it's pretty obvious. The critics made sure to note that the obsessive body count was not enough to cover for the lack of progression in the story, as this is the penultimate movie in this trilogy. Many critics yeah. also noted that because the franchise announced that there would be three movies in this installment, that this movie felt more of a throwaway or filler for the final showdown between Michael and Laurie. Like, kind of, they wanted him to be super evil, so they just had him kill yeah. a bunch of people, so that when the third one came around, we really knew that this guy was bad. I think it's fucked that, like, everybody just knew 
that there was going to be another movie after this. You know? Definitely stupid. Definitely stupid. I think that uh, making movies with that intention kind of messes with your ability to, like, actually bring a single one, like a middle movie, to a conclusion, to an effective conclusion. You know? Because, like we said, that ending where he kills Judy Greer felt forced. It felt like... We probably didn't even need to see that shit. She could have died in the cold open of the next movie. Exactly. She could have been, like, looking out, and then the last thing you see is Michael's reflection, or he's outside. Done. Yeah. Or she thinks she sees him, like, or something, and, and in the next movie, that happens, and then we deal with the fallout of that throughout the film. The fallout that it has on Jimmy Lee Curtis. Yeah. Right. Um, So what did the audience think, John? Yeah, let's get into that. So 30% critic, audience 66%. So not great, but a D. You know, passable. You you don't have to retake this course. Um, This first person (laughs) here gave this movie a five-star. Halloween Kills deserved its name. Continuing, Continuing... from the last film in 2018, the sequel has all a Michael fan ever needs. Blood, a lot of kills, and even a couple jump scares to follow. I'm definitely excited to see the next installment next year for sure. See, that's the Five thing. Stars. I feel like there are this group of people that are that just eat this shit up. You know, regardless of what the story is. Like, I'm here for the gore. I'm here for the visual like of Michael Myers emerging from the flames holding a chainsaw like that is enough for them to get their rocks off you know there's just people who love fucking horror and the fact that Michael Myers you know stabs a firefighter with a pickaxe is enough for them to be like I can't wait to go to Halloween Horror Nights uh, this year and go to the Michael Myers house like it's just it's a fan club, just like in anything else. There's like this very niche market. So I, I'm not surprised that there's people out there that's like five fucking stars. Mike Myers murders has the biggest body count that we've ever seen. I'm in. You know? I, I totally agree. And while you were talking, I wasn't listening to anything you said. Um, because okay, cool. I Tell me listening why. after you said, um, get your rocks off. And yeah, get good I was point. just very curious like where where that came from. Um, Where does that come from? It actually comes from the 1940s, believe it or not. Um, This is a male-oriented American slang for sexual intercourse and or orgasm from stones or rocks, meaning testicles. Oh, I love that. I had no idea. I'm a big... you know, I'm always looking to learn and, and share, and so I'm sure that's why you're coming to this podcast. And if you didn't learn anything today, I just want you to know um, the phrase. We'll have something for you next time. Get your rocks off. That's that's, that's right. what you got. Yeah. So let's get into this next one. Uh, this is from our guy Jason. He wrote, "Well, this fell extremely short. I feel as if these Hollywood people." are in such desperate need for money that they throw mediocre acting and plot together, film it while wasting millions of dollars just to end up with ridiculous, pointless movie with stupid people that are supposed to represent society of 2018. Weak, incompetent, self-absorbed, town folk that fail at everything they do. For 40 years, they couldn't figure out how to kill one dude. How can Hollywood 
expect fans to appreciate a movie that just makes you angry with what they are watching. Some actors should retire and enjoy their life Jesus. while on their good work of the past. Interestingly, they made sure to include every social group to make Oh my god, what are they talking happy. about? Please do yourself a favor. Don't pay theater prices for this movie. Wait for it to be free on some streaming service app years from now. This, this movie was that bad that this was my first review. I couldn't let it go without warning everyone. One star. Holy crap, bro. There's a lot to break down there. I, I, it's just wild to me that somebody can walk around, you know, like go to the grocery store and see people and then they watch a movie like this and if there's a black person in it, they're like, yeah, they had to include every social group. Like, bitch, do you, can, do you look around? Every social group is everywhere. Like, of course they should be in the movies. You Not know? in this town. Yeah. God, it's it's crazy because it's like it's something that like I feel like most people shouldn't even think about. How are you even thinking about that? I think the most interesting thing I took from this review is that this person still thinks that it takes years for movies that are in the theater to get onto streaming apps. <laughs> and also, this was written last year. Yeah, when the movie came out. Yeah. When the movie came out, like, why would they? Yeah, like, and the, and post COVID, sure movies the, just showed up on streaming apps. Yeah, I was gonna say, I think the movie came out at the same time on uh, <laughs> HBO Max. Um, let's get to this this last audience review we have here. Uh, that guy just wrote, seemed angry, though, John. Can we just say that guy just seemed angry? He he needs like, come on, chill out a little bit, bro. Jason, I mean, he he did watch a lot of murder on screen, so. Um, this last review here plays out like a great classic slasher film. A little more fast-paced than the older movies, and the gory scenes were actually gory. I could do without all the speeches and lectures throughout the movie, which is the reason for the four stars. And if you there guess are a lot of four stars. There are a lot of speeches and lectures in the movie, though. There's a lot. There of them. are. There are. Tommy. Do- it- Tommy has at least four. Jamie Lee Curtis has a couple. Yeah, it's a lot. Too many. Too much talking, yeah. more blood. And it's so seen... many times. There were so many times that people were just like, and I'm going to be the one to kill to kill Michael Myers. That's why I'm going to kill Michael Myers. Uh, and I'm going to kill uh-huh. Michael Myers. Michael Myers has threatened this town for too long. It, it, <laughs> I'm going to kill Michael Myers. <laughs> I once heard, I heard that Michael Myers stands in his sister's bedroom and looks out the window. I'm going to kill Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah. Michael Myers once walked down the street while I was trick-or-treating. It's time evil dies. <laughs> I got. I was in kindergarten got, with Michael Myers. <laughs> I just moved to this town because I got fired from my job at my other <laughs> town. I'm gonna kill Michael Myers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard a story at a talent show at my local bar tonight. I'm gonna kill Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, and then man. and then you got people like Michael Myers impaled my best friend on a on a fence. I'm gonna kill Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Myers put a flashlight up my friend's head. I'm gonna yeah. kill Michael. I'm gonna be the one to kill Michael Myers. <laughs> no, um, I'm gonna be the one to kill Michael Myers. No, I'm gonna be the one. No, 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 no. You can't kill Michael Myers because I'm gonna kill I'm Michael Myers. I don't think you heard me right, brother. Brother, I'm gonna be the one to kill Michael Myers. <laughs> Listen, tonight, tonight, Michael Myers gonna die from me. I'm gonna do it because <laughs> I'm gonna kill him. <laughs> I like that we turned into Bobby Boucher. Yeah. My mama said Michael Myers killed his sister when he was six years old. <laughs> Michael Myers the devil. <laughs> Michael Myers the devil. Uh, Bobby Boucher, don't you go killing no Michael Myers tonight. <laughs> you stay in that hospital room and you watch your grandmother, you hear? <laughs> I'm gonna be the one to kill Michael Myers. <laughs> um, it's, it seems like the the audience gave it a 66 percent um, because the audience people who love Halloween movies um, hated this movie. The people who love killing people loved this movie. The people who like plot hated this movie. The people who like watching people die on screen love this movie. Um, the people who don't like speaking in their action movies hated this movie. And the people who like brutal, senseless, mindless ways of watching people be decapitated love this movie. So it was a bit of, you know, 50-50. It depends on what you like, death or movies. So that's why the audience gave it a 66%. So yeah, that's what the critics rough. say. And that's what the audience say. Let's get into the real ranking. My guy. Bam. All right. So at this point, you probably have an idea of what we think about this movie. <laughs> you would think, but you never know. So before well, let's just sum you it up. rating, remember, the real ranking is how we rank movies. Zero to 100. 100 being the best movie we've ever seen. Something, I don't know. If you say Inception, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> and a zero being a movie that maybe just... Is never gonna make it, kind of like Batgirl on HBO Max. So, zero to a hundred, Jose. What do you got? So, let me just start by saying that I like Halloween, the holiday, right? So, uh, when this movie, every time there's a cold open in one of these movies, I get a little excited. I love the music; it's iconic. You get your um, rocks off. I get my rocks off a little bit, you know. I I love the way these movies look. Like I love the spooky ooky dookiness of Michael Myers. Um, I really liked the first movie in this new trilogy. All that being said, this one felt a little messy, a little bloated, 
And it's I felt like it spent so much time char- characterizing Michael Myers' cannon fodder. And as a result, the movie felt as disjointed as Allison's knee in the climax Ooh. after she falls down the stairs. Nice. And as chaotic as the uh, misinformed hospital riots. It was just kind uh, of all over the place. You know? They'll remember those misinformed hospital riots for years to come. For years to come. That's honestly the the craziest thing that probably happened in that town tonight. You know, like a, a guy going around killing people pretty normal in 2018. But a hospital riot <laughs> where a man jumps out of a window is pretty wild. Um, and, you know, I think probably one of the biggest sins this movie does in my eyes is that it doesn't even know what to do with its protagonist. Not Michael Myers, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, And I feel like it's as a result of the hole that it wrote itself into in the previous film by stabbing her. Now she's bedridden. You can't do anything with this character. She's not Michael Myers. You can't just get up and keep going. And so the movie lacked like a cohesive through line, like a central plot to keep it going it felt like two different movies it felt you know messy so i'm gonna give this movie a i'm gonna give it a 57 out of 100 whoa wow every time i talk i always change it like while i'm yeah i change the thing that i write down and i and i go with what feels good yeah yeah you know get your rocks off man um I kind of I kind of agree with what you said. It's a pretty cl- classic slasher movie. Kind of followed the formula. No real idea why the bad guy is bad, but he racks up the bodies. The characters are only inserted in the movie to die. They serve no other purpose of being there, which is probably kind of why the dialogue is stale. Because there's really just no point in building up characters because there's uh, there's there's no good dialogue between the characters there's no plot to push forward other than to be killed so um you know overall i think it depends on what what you're feeling and what you're looking for in a movie at the time if you want to feel a little uneasy a little spooky a little confused maybe laugh a little bit then this is a good movie for you if you're looking to feel mentally stimulated and just quality dialogue characters watching insane plot that challenges your views on reality this thing for you, kid. This ain't so, it. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it a 55 out of 100. Boom. Nice, nice, John. I, I, I'm totally with you. But you know, that being said, I do believe this is a this and the f- first two movies are pretty solid Halloween flicks. Watch them yeah. like if you want to get into the holiday spirit. These are pretty good movies to do it with. I think they're very, you know, there's they're very Halloweeny. You know, and aren't we all? I'm going to go check them out. I'm going to go check them out after this. I'm definitely going to watch the next one. I'll tell you that. I'm curious to see where this trilogy goes, but uh, are you guys, what do you guys think? Are you curious to see where this goes? Let us know on our socials at EARC pod and be sure to catch all of our other episodes wherever you get your podcasts. We've got Scream, Hocus Pocus. We've got Twilight movies, Tis the Season to be Spooky. So our next episode, um, I'm, it's Halloween. We'll see what we're doing. You know. Well, I know what I'm going to be doing on Halloween, buddy. Are you? Are you a trickster or are you a traitor? Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. No. Actually, John, you're wrong because I'm going to kill Michael Myers. 
We'll have to see about that. <laughs> so yeah, uh, are you gonna kill Michael Myers? Let us know. Let us know. Catch us on our socials. I'm Jose at Hoser Loser. John Wolf were there at John B Wolf. Today sounds like we sided with the critics. We're actually kind of in the middle there. Yeah, in the you middle. Know? Yeah. yeah, we're a little no bit in the middle there. Today. You can, you can call us liberals because we are right in the middle. Uh, but remember, Is that how that works. <laughs> It does nowadays. <laughs> but remember that at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter who won because everyone's a everyone's real, real critic. Real critic. Real you know what's crazy that Michael Myers can drive? That wasn't him that drove. It was the other guy. No, he dr- he drives in the very first movie. He like stalks Jamie Lee Curtis around in the oh, car. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that bef- so? That's before he becomes the manifestation of evil. Yeah, it's when he has the mind of a six-year-old. Wait, he's got yeah. the body of a man, the mind of a six-year-old, and the mind of an animal, or some shit like that. No, he has the the mind of a six-year-old, but the the strength of a man, or the body of a man, or something. Like that. And something yeah. of an animal, though. There's something of an animal, but a six-year-old who can drive. A six-year-old who can drive. 